0: Let's try this again. Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. I am Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just want to thank everyone who checked out last week's episode with basic sickness. If you're one of those people who checked out the conversation, hope you enjoyed it and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home, and as always, there's beer and soda. In the fridge. I am currently sitting inside Howler's Coyote Cafe in Bloomfield with my homies and Grey Walker. We're gonna be playing a show tonight here. Uh, by the time you hear this, the show has already happened, but I'm here recording it now because I don't have any other fucking time to do this. I'm a busy guy, there's a lot of stuff going on. Anyways, what you're about to hear today is my conversation with my new friend, Ryan who I just so happened to meet through our mutual friend Joey, who, some of you may know, plays drums in Grey Walker, and he plays drums for Sykes as well. Um, Ryan plays guitar in the band Dead Batteries, and also works at the uh, local screen printing shop, Ink Division. The conversation we're going to get into is uh, navigating through adulthood while maintaining... Your punk roots in DIY ethics, I guess, is pretty much the basis of this conversation. I'm not in the most convenient place to be doing this intro right now, so I'm not going to get too much deeper than that. So how about we just get on with it? Well, uh, sit back, relax, and let's start the motherfucking beat! (laughs)
1: came out last year
0: okay yeah we, so um, we got a
1: split seven inch coming did you, out did you
0: do these three united too
1: no that's pirates press okay and, and, oh and, is
0: it like a sick variant
1: dude <laughs> <laughs> they, they were so cool they they are cool
0: how was the pricing on it
1: pricing was was pretty good i mean getting 10 inches made never get a 10 inch made is cost the same amount as getting a 12 inch
0: oh rack. sure well i mean getting a seven inch press is almost the same yeah but I always, mean, all your costs are in the like even
1: your your jackets though like most of the places that print them don't have the die cuts ready for a 10-inch, so it's kind of a custom job oh, sure. you have a 10-inch made.
0: The other thing, too, is a lot of people don't realize how expensive digital printing is. Yeah. I mean, you're going to almost pay the same amount to get your jackets made that you get your yeah. records made. Here, I'm going to give you a record, too. Okay. i will do a little record trick. I got a few. Sweet. That came out two years ago. I'm actually just finishing up a new album now. Our mutual friend Joey plays drums on that. Yeah, Joey Solak. Yeah. I've known that guy forever. So how'd you uh oh, this is
1: a cool fucking
0: Yeah, they're all I they're all hand done and custom. Like these I made are, all the jackets myself. These are great, dude. Um, how do you know Joey? I've known
1: him since he was like fourteen or fifteen years old. We're from like the same neck of the woods. Okay. And then uh when he first moved to Pittsburgh, I lived with him.
0: Oh, okay. He was my roommate. So awesome. I- I've known Joey for a really, really long time. Okay, so um, what instrument do you play, I play in? I play guitar in Dead Batteries. Guitar. Uh, how long have you been playing guitar?
1: Mm, Twenty years.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm Thirty-five so now. Okay, so more than half of your life, yeah. you've had a, a guitar I've, in your hands. Yeah. What was the first thing that made you pick up a guitar? Oh shit! Um, Nirvana. Definitely. That seems about the right time. Yeah, I mean cost. it was a big deal to me, and I was like maybe like ten, so maybe maybe a little bit younger than that. So I can imagine it was probably a huge deal. Yeah, for someone in like middle school or just getting into high oh school and
1: grunge thing. And oh my god, because like people forget, like everybody's like, oh Nirvana just fucking blew up, but like the music on the radio was like Whitney Houston, New Kids on the Block. Yeah, and then if you wanted like rock and roll, it was. Poison.
0: Oh, sure. You know? They were that reset button. Yeah. And I feel like that happens every decade or so. Yeah. There's that one band that comes through, and everybody's like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. It happened again
1: a few years later, where, like, Limp Biscuit took over.
0: You sure, know? sure, yeah. The, the,
1: the, and some and people were, like, super psyched about that, but that got so stale
0: so fast. I think an even bigger impact, though, ten years later would have been, like, uh, the height of, like, Mall Punk, when, like, Blink-182 really That's blew up. Because they blew up way harder than Olympus did and lasted yeah way longer. They're still around, man. Oh, yeah. And their new album isn't bad. That was another band who I never... I mean, it blew my mind whenever they became really popular because I was familiar with them whenever, uh, like, Dude Ranch was out. Dude. Before then of the State yeah. came out. And uh, I couldn't believe how popular this band became. Like, them and... Uh, on a completely different spectrum corn. Yeah. Where like the first two times that I felt like my personal interests were being violated by the outside world. Yeah. You know? Like That's my band! Yes. I liked them first. I never had that until, until Blink-182 82 82 happened.
1: Did Joey ever tell you that I got to fucking fly to San Diego while they
0: were recording Take Off Your Pants and Jacket and he, like hang out with them? He, he, he mentioned that this was a story, <laughs> and I completely forgot about it, but I sure segued into it pretty oh fucking Oh my good. god. <laughs> so, alright, what's, what's up with this?
1: Okay, well, when I was a, in college, I used to set up shows all the time and I met a bunch of bands. And I remember that band, the Ataris? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I met them. And when they were first coming up, they didn't have, like, a merch guy. They didn't have anything. So I just would, like, volunteer to go out with them for weekends and stuff. And just sell shirts for them. Anywhere on the East Coast. If if I wasn't in school and they were, like, on the road, I'd just go meet them. Sell shirts, sell shirts, whatever. And we were going through New York City. And I was trying to wake everybody up. And I I remember that it was the Atari's Vandals Lagwagon. That was the tour. Okay. So I was wearing like Atari's baseball cap, (laughs) Vandals jacket, Lagwagon t-shirt, just like whatever free crap I could wear. And I just, I'm walking around Times Square. I'm walking right past MTV. There's a lady there waiting to hail a cab. And then she turns to me. She looks, she's like, do you like punk rock? I was like, yeah. She's like, how do you feel about blink 182 i was like i think they're hilarious she's like if you could fly to san diego right now to meet blink 182 could you do it i'm like i'm living out of a backpack right now absolutely <laughs> no which, way which, okay here's dude this, you're so wild here's the backstory of the contest it was supposed to be you and a friend fly to san diego and they had two contestants One girl was 15 and her friend was going to be her mom. Well, plane tickets were like a thousand bucks a piece for some reason in 2001 before 9 11. So she couldn't be in the contest. So the lady was actually hailing a cab to go to NYU to find another contestant and I walked by. And so. What
0: the fuck? Yeah. Wild.
1: Yeah. Dude, that's so wild. So I called Chris, the singer for the Atari. I'm like, dude, I'm not coming back. Like, uh, I'm, I'm at MTV right now. I'm like, he's like, well, come back to the hotel. Get as much Atari's gear on as you can. <laughs> and I did. And I did. You can find clips of it. I'm wearing, like, Atari's shirt, Atari's hat. I'm all decked out Atari's. <laughs> so the contest was this. They gave you a Blink-182 video. And it was on TRL. No, It was, like, an hour-long show. And at the beginning, they gave us a, a VHS tape of one video. And we had to study the video. And they were like, I remember mine was what? What's my age again? Sure. Remember the scene where they're playing basketball. One of my questions was, "What color stripes are on Travis's socks?" Uh. And for some reason, I remembered because I was like taking notes and like, you have an hour to watch the same three-minute video over and over again. Like totally. I remembered everything, and I just did it. Boom! Get in the limo. Go to the airport. <laughs> fly to freaking San Diego, and then while I'm in midair, the Atari's dudes tell the Vandals guys, "Dude." You know our buddy Ryan that was selling shirts for us? He's flying to meet Blink 182 right now. And I never even put two and two together. Blink 182's first album came out on Kung Fu Records, which is owned by Joe from The Vandals. Yeah. So Joe calls the Blink guy and, like, hey, this guy that's coming to meet you was on the road with us. You gotta, like, treat him right. And, like, I showed up and I remember this. They were like, okay, you wait in the van. When we have the cameras rolling, then you meet the Blink One Eighty Two guys. And Mark Hoppus was just like pushed the guy aside and was like, "Hey, are you Ryan? So you were on the road with the Vandals. We're friends with the Vandals." Shakes my hand, like, <laughs> just like, "What's up, dude?" Yeah, it was. They were awesome. And then my band at the time, Fat Tony, we got to open for them at Star Lake. Okay. Yeah. Like, just because like they wanted to be as cool to me as as possible, and they were, and they were super nice, and we got to play in front of like 30,000 people. Like, our band wasn't bad, but we weren't worthy of that. Oh, sure. You know? Sure. But it was really cool, man. And then MTV brought my whole band on to show, like, the story, like, to show us playing with Blink-182 and everything.
0: That's insane. It's insane! Can you believe there was a time that MTV was kind of cool? Yeah! Like that?
1: Like, they flew to Pittsburgh. Like, I picked them up at the airport. I remember, dude... Bruce McDonald was his name. He's like a segment producer for TRL. And he called me. He's like, hey, uh, so we're staying at the airport. Is there like a train or something into town? I was like, no, I'll just come pick you up. And I picked <laughs> him up. I picked him and a couple of camera guys up. And we went out. We went to Southside. We partied up on Southside. And then the next morning, they came with us to Star Lake and they filmed the whole
0: thing. And it was super great. That's awesome. Yeah. That's such a cool story. Yeah. Once-in-a-lifetime experience. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, Any any contact with those guys ever since then? Yeah, once. Because uh, Mark had given
1: Carson Daly his cell phone number, and I totally snagged it. Okay. <laughs> and I called him, like, a few months later, and uh, he was just like, oh, hey, man. He was being real cool. And he's like, by the way, how'd you get this number? I was like, you gave it to me when we were at TRL. He's like, no, I didn't. I was like, oh. <laughs> so I, d- I never
0: called him back. Okay, so he just felt, <laughs> felt, felt bad for being a creep? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so aside from that, that was 2001 yeah. and stuff like that. So on a scale of 1 to 10, since then compared to now, how much do you think your life has changed as far as like priorities, where you're at, oh, prior. career? Oh, like, life, where are you at now as Play, a, it's like, an adult? It's like
1: playing music was the only thing I cared about. Sure. You know? But now I've got, like, a super great girlfriend and a really cool dog. Okay. And I love my job, yeah. you know? What
0: do you do for a, uh, a profession? I screen
1: print t-shirts. See, that's at, pretty awesome. At Ink Division. Yeah. And at Ink Division, we now built a venue in the downstairs uh, back room.
0: Yeah, I heard about this. Yeah. There's a show tonight. You should come. Perhaps I will. <laughs> Is tonight the show with Lookout Loretta?
1: No, that's next Friday.
0: Okay, the next Friday. Okay. Yeah, I went to high school with a dude in that band, Josh. What? Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I, like, I remember he was in like pop punk bands all throughout high school. When I was in high school, there wasn't a ton of bands. Um, Was that the same for you? Was there no, that?
1: my high school was.
0: there. It's like now I know there's like every high school probably has a dozen bands because of I don't know why. It's just yeah. I don't think like. Like I know, music's more accessible, but like the instruments have always been there. So I don't know why yeah. there's a thousand more bands now. Where is it cheaper now? Is it more? I don't know.
1: Where where, where I'm from, like where like Elk County, Pennsylvania, it's kind of near where our friend Joey's from. Yeah, we had an amazing punk rock scene when we were kids. I remember seeing the Bouncing Souls in a in a, a, a hall in in Emporium, where Joey's from. Yeah, the Bouncing Souls and Weston. And not your friends, and the, but I mean we had a bunch of local bands, and we had such a good scenes that uh, like all the touring bands would stop through. We would yeah. see fat bands, the Good Riddance, Swingin' Utters, uh the Ataris, uh, Diesel Boy, Thirty Foot Fall. I mean, you know, only like '90s punk. Sure. People know who those people are, but to us, they were huge, and they yes. came to our small town and they played because they heard that we
0: had a really cool scene. Yeah, and everybody was in a band. Yeah, I think that like we got really good shows in Pittsburgh, but there just wasn't a whole lot of local music, is in, in, in comparison to the way it is now.
1: Yeah, now. But um. Well, now not only are there a ton of bands, but they're
0: good. Yeah. <laughs>
1: everybody's band is really good. Yeah, I
0: love maybe it. that's another part of the problem too. There's too many bands, and they're all like kind of okay. <laughs> so like there isn't that one band that really shines through and then breaks. Well, I guess there is. There are there are bands that have broken through from Pittsburgh in the past decade yeah. for sure. But anyways, getting back on track, Josh was in. He was the only kid that I knew in a band in high school. His band was like the only band. Oh right, What was his band called? They're, they're called Ten Pounds Lighter. Hmm, I don't remember them. That's cool. I mean, I don't know what they ever really did. I watched them play in their garage a couple of times. Yeah. I actually don't even know if I ever saw them play a real show. I know they did, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, how long have you been doing the screen printing thing?
1: Um, probably my girlfriend and I lived in L.A. for two years.
0: Okay, so you've been dating the same person for... 13 years. A significant amount of time. <laughs> yeah. Yes, okay. Yeah. All right, so you lived in L.A. for two years. Yeah, and while we were there...
1: LA's expensive, everybody knows that, but I remember I was in a band out there, and just trying to get t-shirts made, like, oh, yeah, we, we could make you, you know, 20 t-shirts at 13 bucks a piece, <laughs> we were like, no.
0: Yeah. So, I
1: learned how to screen print.
0: So, you are in a completely different band in LA for yeah. a couple years, and then you came back to Pittsburgh. Yeah.
1: Okay. And that's when... What
0: happened there? When I... What, what was, like... Why'd you go to LA? Why'd you come back? Just a pain in the ass. Well, okay. were you like chasing the dream? Kinda. I mean, I, I don't think
1: I ever thought I was gonna be like a famous musician or anything, but I went to Pitt, and then I stayed, hung out for like a year after, uh, which is great because that's when I met Jamie. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was funny when when we first met, she was like, "I don't want to get into a relationship because I'm moving to California." I was like, "Hey, me too!" And then we moved together. <laughs> Wacky. But, uh, yeah. So we went out there, and I had some friends that also moved out there. We started a band right away. We started playing shows right away. Pay-to-play gets exhausting. There's, you know, like, oversaturation of bands. L.A. was oversaturated. Oh, yeah. And then if you weren't playing a pay-to-play show, they would do this weird thing where, like, when you walked into the show, they would say, who are you here to see? And if you said the name of my band we'd get credit, and if so many people say the name of my band, then you get paid like a buck a person that said they were there to see you. Like, it's just, Uh, it's uh, it's not artist-friendly in L.A. at all. So that, mixed with the expense of it all, mixed with I never really found a good job, and I remember very specifically, a year and a half after living there, I came back here for Christmas and I'm looking around Pittsburgh. I'm hanging out with my Pittsburgh friends. I remember I went to a punk show, and it was awesome. And I'm just like, what the, what the hell am I doing in L.A.? Sure. And that next summer, we were back.
0: Yeah. It's definitely not everybody's speed.
1: Yeah. And, and it was great. I mean, we moved back to Pittsburgh. You know, all of our friends were here. Made a bunch of new friends. We could afford to go out and have fun. Started a, a new band, like, right away. I was able to go on the road with that band, as opposed to LA. You can't afford to do anything like that, so it was definitely.
0: Yeah, you're still able to do all the shit that you wanted to do, but in like a much more economical and like yeah. productive
1: manner. Yeah, you can control it. You can you can make your own choices instead of being like restrained by the pennies you have to pinch, sure. and, and the hoops you have to jump through and. You know, I mean, I'm not saying I didn't have an awesome time in L.A., but I definitely have a more awesome time in Pittsburgh, that's for sure. (laughs) Yeah, you
0: know, I've never really had that Wanderlust thing of, like, I need to get out of this town, I gotta go to another city to make it happen. And then, like, I, like, kind of, like, analyze where I'm at in life, you know? It's like, I have, I live in a place that I like. I have a job that I like, I do what I want to do, I support myself, I have good friends, a good girlfriend, like, what do I want out of life? Like, is my ego so big that I need to, like, keep chasing for more, or can I just, like, shut the fuck up and be cool? Yeah. I have, like, nothing to complain about. But you're one of those
1: dudes that does stuff, and I feel like people who do cool shit, or at least attempt to do cool shit, don't have that problem, you know?
0: Yeah, so you think it's maybe more people that like the talk to talk but do not walk the walk people that are always like, I want to do this, I want to do this, and then, like, make excuses, like, i got to go here to do it. Then they go there, and it's like, it's not working, I've got to go somewhere else to yeah. that happen. Yeah, yeah, where, like, I don't know, you, you're
1: that kind of guy, I'm that kind of guy, like, if I have an idea, I do it. Sure. You know, and sometimes they're cool ideas, and sometimes they turn <laughs> out to be duds, but, like, I mean, you do a podcast in your house, like, what made you want to start doing that? Probably from listening to podcasts and being like, I could do
0: this. This is awesome. Yeah, and, you know, totally. And you have
1: like a good idea for it, and
0: you do it. You know, I just I think that I I think a lot of it too depends on what you want to do. Um, I think that if you want to be like a pop superstar, sure, go to New York or LA, yeah. and get that's that's where that environment lives. That yeah. environment doesn't live here. The like uh, the manufactured side of creativity, like or art, the arts. Yeah. Where if you want to go somewhere, and somebody else is gonna. Control every move that you do and you mm-hmm. get huge? Sure, maybe. But I think that for somebody that's maybe like yourself or I, that's more like low key, not really. The things that we do aren't like a. Uh... We're not trying to go
1: so large yeah, it's scale. Not
0: like, and we don't have to be recognized. Even if we wanted to, the things that we do aren't a, a wide scale thing. You yeah. Know? Yeah, you just do what you think is cool. If people like it, cool. If people don't,
1: it's not a big deal. But if you want to go to New York and become a pop star, like, you could go in there with a great attitude and, you know, I wrote these cool, catchy pop songs or whatever. Good songs. This is who's going to sing them. Right. Either that, either that, <laughs> or, hey, you got a really good voice. We don't like your songs. Yeah. Uh, you do these songs. or and, and even if you have the best head about it, there's still, like, such a cutthroat competitiveness about that whole world or at least i assume so yeah, i mean I, feel I most likely like i i feel like no matter what happens you're going to end up there's going to be some negativity involved
0: yeah. i mean sure there's always the the exceptions yeah you know uh, yeah, yeah, yeah
1: but... i'm sure but like i've i've never had a desire to like compete against anybody yeah you know like that's not what it's about because yeah cause for me i mean especially music for me has always been about camaraderie and and uh scenes and, and bands helping each other out. Like, when when my band was on MTV, when we met Blink-182 and got to play with them and stuff, uh, Joey was in a band called Project Reconnect at the time. We had just gotten off tour with this band called Perfect Gentleman, and uh, on every scene of everything on all that MTV footage, we're either wearing Perfect Gentlemen or Project Reconnect t-shirts. Just sure. Be- just because in our mind, that's what you're supposed to do, you yeah. know? like. Those people aren't our competition. Those are our brothers, you know. Like, and hey, we're getting this chance to be on TV, you know. Like, yeah, I know. No. Yeah, that's awesome. Let's
0: support every. That's something that I struggle with being loosely in the hip hop community because it is it's so like uh, self centered. Yeah, with a lot of people. Yeah, And, like, it's different for me, though, because, like, now I have, like, a live band that plays with me, and I can play rock shows, and I don't have to play, like, rap shows anymore. Yeah, But that scene is so weird, because it is all about, like, I'm better than you kind of thing, and there's always this attitude that nobody really wants to band together. They'll say that, like, oh, I want to band together, and they might band together with, like, four or five people. It's just very clicky and dumb. Yeah. I hate it. (laughs) <laughs> I know some really cool people, but it's, like, I know, like, a cool group of people here, a cool group of people here. I don't really fit in anywhere, so I'm able to just kind of, like, yeah. weave through, but it's, like, all you people should be friends. Instead of having, like, a tiny scene out in this suburb and a tiny scene in this suburb and here, you should all band together and try to do bigger shows. Yeah. Maybe it'll gonna, happen They're somewhere. not gonna fucking do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well... I don't know, maybe you can be the
1: guy that gets it all together. Maybe the, maybe they uh, need uh, you.
0: I'm, I'm tired of trying to... <laughs> I, I've tried to organize like groups of people together to do creative things, and people just fucking blow it off. Unless they have some way to like benefit from it, they don't want to take the time to help other people. And I know that sounds really shitty to say, but I've been through it enough. Yeah. I mean there are cool people out there.
1: Yeah, of course. And, but There's it's cool it's taken me
0: over 10 years to find a good group of them. Yeah. Like I wish I knew the people that I know now when I started doing music stuff and I wish I would have known not to fuck with people who bullshit and don't take it seriously. Yeah. It's very frustrating cuz it's like I still want to do this and like whenever you're 2 years in something and you realize that somebody they didn't they never cared from day one. They didn't really care. Yeah. Kills me, man.
1: Yeah, I could see how that could be
0: frustrating. (laughs) It happens, like, over and over and over again. It's like, am I the problem? Is it me?
1: I don't know. Am I cursed? Maybe.
0: I don't know. I just think, I mean, at the end of the day, shit happens. That's all it is.
1: Yeah, I guess guess I'm just... Lucky to always have been a punk rocker where it like so, uh, okay, yeah. it's like status quo. You 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 are cool to each other or else people don't like you. Yeah, right? I guess that's, that's
0: that's a thing too, is I've jumped around a lot of different genres of music. Not like in like a trying to find myself way, I've just always liked a really wide spectrum of music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you've always played in punk bands. Every band you've been in has been like punk ish.
1: Uh, yeah, every band's been a punk band. Because okay. I'm good at it. I mean, I'm not trying to be a dick, but, like, I know how to play punk music. I
0: guess that's where I'm at with, like, hip-hop, which is really funny because it's actually the genre of music I listen to the the least. And I think it's actually, I kind of made this decision consciously, because, like, the music that you listen to influences what you put out, and I, like, really wanted to, like, do something that was original. So it's like, if I'm going to be making hip-hop, I listen to all this other weird music, I'm going to kind of stop listening to hip-hop and just let all this other shit influence what I do and let something weird go on. Well, that's up. an interesting
1: perspective on being creative, like, just to try to not have external influences. Yeah,
0: like, there's a lot of, like, there's some stuff that'll get into my system when I listen to it, and it's cool, it's like, I like that, but I don't really dig into it.
1: Oh, man that's that's so interesting so it makes me feel like i'm trying to think of the genre that i listen to the least and now i'm gonna start like a country band or something oh i mean sure i obviously listen
0: to country a lot less than hip-hop yeah, but as yeah. far as like i mean i can have a conversation about hip-hop i'm pretty aware of what's going on yeah i just don't really let it enter me yeah too much well, let's start a country band then
1: we'll talk about drinking we'll talk about our trucks do you have a truck? No. Me neither. Well front. It's <laughs> going to be awesome.
0: Well, <laughs> I can already hear... We'll have to think of a name. Just let it marinate maybe by the end of this episode it's, we can have yeah. it.
1: Yeah. I want the word mud it, <laughs> <laughs> in the title
0: somewhere. <laughs> um, outside of punk, though, like, what music are you into? Have you been into any guilty pleasures in your life? Things like that?
1: Yeah. Well, most people would call it a guilty pleasure, but I... Feel no guilt over loving Motley Crue sure. and Van Halen and Guns N' Roses. Okay, awesome. ACDC, that shit is, I love it. Oh, also oh, to the wall, man. On the way here. I, awesome. I guarantee you. Check it out. Well, I'll, I'll show you right <laughs> on my phone right now. Boom. Van Halen ain't talking about love. That's what I was listening to <laughs> right before I got in here. Yeah,
0: I I, <laughs> I mean, a good song's a good song. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like, I, I'm really into like a lot of this newer Taylor Swift stuff oh god it's really like, like shake it off it's just like, yeah. a, a really good catchy pop song those horns and that uh-huh. backbeat are you serious the guys it's the guys so that i work good. with the guys
1: that i work with love that song and i fucking hate Maybe it
0: just heard it too I much. i hate it
1: so bad like like her cuteness has even worn off with me like i know <laughs> i no longer think she's a cute girl i'm just like Oh, I like see your face, and
0: I'm just annoyed. Think <laughs> like you're overexposure. But yeah. Hey, you know what? At the same time, all the props to you for being like, "Fuck that! I don't want to hear." it, <laughs> Instead of being like, "Yeah, man. I t- yeah, dude, that Taylor Swift song's <laughs> awesome." Just like what you like and hate what you hate. There was there's one Taylor Swift song. I'll, I'll get up.
1: I'll, All give, right. I'll give it. There's he breaks w- down. There's one. He breaks down. That. that uh, <laughs> I knew you were trouble when you walked in. Yeah. You know that song? Yeah, yeah. That one's okay. Yeah. But <laughs> that's the only one. <laughs> but uh, do you know uh Derek, Homeless Gospel Choir? I, I uh, know who he is. Okay. I don't know him personally. Uh, he, he's a pretty good friend of mine, and he loves Taylor Swift. Like, unashamed, just loves it. And he's like, she writes her own songs, and I'm like, no, she doesn't. And and like we got into this like Google battle where she writes like a couple so I, I researched it. She writes a couple of her songs. Then that dude, that Swiss dude, Max Martin. Sure. I think he's Swiss. I don't know. Uh, he wrote, like, look him up. It's amazing. He he wrote like Britney Spears hits. He writes all the Taylor Swift's hits. Yeah. Like even I think even as far back as Paul Abdul, he was writing all those pop hits. He's won more Grammys than anybody else.
0: But I I still don't think that, that it's fair to really take away what Taylor Swift puts out because she doesn't write all of it.
1: Okay, but when Taylor Swift is making a public statement about how she doesn't want her music to be on Spotify because she's losing X amount of dollars, it's like, yeah, if you didn't owe this many songwriting points every time your song is played, if you actually got paid for your songs because they were your songs you wouldn't have this problem. That's a fair point. But but <laughs> yeah. but because everybody likes Taylor Swift and everybody's using Spotify, Spotify pays less than Radio Play. Oh, way less. And then she has to split it up between this person, this person, this person, this person. Yeah, it's really easy for her to go be like, I lose millions of dollars by having my music on Spotify. It's like, well, you know, that's your own stupid fault. You know, because you're playing a game that isn't artist-friendly. But then again, she's one of the most famous people on the planet. So she can say, hey, I'm not going to be on Spotify. And people are are still girls. Her CD
0: broke some ridiculous record this year. Yeah. Or last year or whatever. I think that they said that they weren't expecting any album to break a million sales. And her album did it in like a week or something. I don't know the stats. Yeah, no, she... But I think that like, even if that Spotify thing was just a gimmick to get people to buy more physical things, whatever it was, it worked. Yeah. And I think that it's awesome that more people are buying physical things again. I'm a huge fan of physical media. I don't give a shit what it is. Me too,
1: man. Uh I, I do have a problem though, like for example, we were talking about getting records pressed and it was like like a year ago, it was a lot easier to get a record pressed than it is right now. And it's because now there's two record store days, one on, oh, yeah. one in April, one on Black Friday, and where it used to be, oh cool, hot water music is making this Limited edition record for record store day, it's like, oh, yeah, oh, okay, well, a thousand hot water music records isn't going to like delay you and me going and trying to get our small runs and things. But when Katy Perry is getting 10,000 picture discs made for record store day, and then Taylor Swift is getting like a bunch of pink records made for record you know, store I, day,
0: that stuff doesn't bother me as much as the reintroduction of material that already exists. Oh, sure, like. Like uh, ten thousand copy runs of the entire Beatles catalog in yep, mono I, and a, stereo. Yep, yep. Go fuck yourself. Yep. The entire Led Zeppelin. Go fuck yourself. Like they're gonna produce these things, sell them at Urban Outfitters for fucking forty dollars when you can go to goddamn Jerry's and buy the same fucking records mm-hmm. for five dollars. Yeah, and
1: they sound great, like yeah. the old ones. Like mm-hmm. if you, I, I, just did this. I went to a record fest and I bought um Back in Black and Van Halen one. Yeah, and. The old, just used old copies, and I put them on my turntable, and they sound perfect. That's how they, the fuck
0: they're supposed to yeah, sound. exactly, exactly. It doesn't need to be remastered, motherfucker. It sounds good <laughs> yeah, now. Sounds- That's why we're still listening to it 30, 40 years later. Yeah, yeah.
1: Dead Batteries, my punk band, we made our thing through Pirates Press, and then last September I was in Chicago at Riot Fest, there was a Pirates Press booth, and I walked up to him and I was like, hey, I got my band's records made through you, and... The, and They were like, what's the name of your band? I was like, Dead Batteries. He said, oh yeah, your service rep was uh, Damon. I was like, yeah, it was Damon. He's like, I'm Damon. And we met in real life. (laughs) We shook hands. Cool. Uh, They were really approachable people, like normal people. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and uh, interesting side note to my meeting of Damon from Pirates Press. He told me that when they were doing all those Beatles remasters, Pirates turned it down. They didn't want to jam up their presses
0: that's awesome. Yeah, they
1: didn't want to jam up their presses with making a million Beatles records, so they they turned it down. That's really awesome. And I thought that was great. Like when you yeah. told me that, I was like, "Oh my god, you turned down a Beatles job." But... I'm sure it was a lot of money. Yeah, but but I think that's the difference between a, a cool record pressing plant like Pirates Press or Got to Groove in Cleveland. They're like they're indie artist minded. They support the artists. United, on the other hand they brag about they support Jack White yeah well and they and they brag about it like <laughs> yeah. like they wrote Jack White songs or something you know they're like they're like oh well you know all those classic rolling stones albums well they wouldn't have happened if we hadn't pressed them it's like yes it would have cuz it was like the 60s and there was like a bunch of record pressing plants and they would have just gone somewhere else if you weren't around you're a factory i mean nothing against being a factory nothing against being a production worker but that would be like ink division bragging about you know like I don't know. Printing, well, like, Steelers merchandise Right, Right, You're like, <laughs> like, Homeless Gospel Choir wouldn't be where he is today if we weren't printing his shirts. And it's like, <laughs> yes, 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 he would. Like, he would still be going on tour and playing those songs and getting his shirts made somewhere else. Like, yeah. You, like, as the production facility, you should be concentrating on making your customers happy and not about bragging that you had something to do with the history of music, because I'm sorry your production plan, you know, like, if you weren't there, somebody else would have been there. And I feel like everybody's getting vinyl made and, and, you know, like you want to get a quality product for yourself or your project or anything like that. Like I personally don't have time for somebody that's just going to be like, treat my 500 record order. Like it's, it's pointless because they're too busy.
0: You know, if I want to have a physical record by the summer, I better be done recording it by the end of this month or February. Yeah, sure. It's that's what it is. Yeah,
1: well, if I would would not have skipped test pressings on the 2015 calendar comp, I wouldn't be receiving them until the end of February, and I submitted them in August, the early August. That's a six month
0: turnaround. Yeah, that's also. That's, that's not okay. Like yeah, I, I don't, I don't care. You submitted right when everything was getting pressed for Black Friday.
1: Right, I made a calendar comp commercial uh, with, <laughs> with with Jason from Ink Division and Zombo. You know Zombo the. You don't know Zomba?
0: I've heard the name, but I don't know him. Okay.
1: He's on WRCT every Friday from noon to 4, and he plays... It's like... it's almost Oh, wait.
0: You know what? Yeah, you know, he's friends with my boss. I think that he, like... He did something at one of our events. I don't know. Yeah, he's awesome. dj or something. Yeah, yeah, probably.
1: He's got a vast knowledge of stuff, but with two smartphones and, and uh, Adobe Premiere, you know, we made an old-timey, like... Uh, you remember the the KTEL compilations or like you know Freedom Rock? They're they're yeah, like yeah, yeah. a commercial for for fucking. Hey, is that the new Freedom Rock? Turn it up, man! You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we made one of those commercials with just a couple smartphones.
0: Sure, and, a- and it's online floating around. Yeah, yeah, just... and it's never crossed my path. Wow. That's dude. That's so wild to me. That there's like this shit happening that I just it's, don't know about. I'm glad that I'm learning about it. Yeah, but but it's, it it's, has
1: crossed your path. It's crazy right to me now. that it, it,
0: it <laughs> took so. It, you know. Yeah.
1: It's yeah. just
0: well, maybe I feel like maybe I'm so caught up in all of my own projects that I don't take enough time to see what everybody else is doing. I try to keep up, but it's like for me, keeping up with what the rest of the world is doing is maybe being at a show and talking to the people that are playing, or like. The five minutes that I can handle being on Facebook before I see a post that annoys me and get off. <laughs> oh, my God.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. We can do a video. Why Let's not? Let's video. throw
0: something else on my plate. No, I
1: mean, <laughs> no, I, I'm not trying to to, no. say, to say that to bog you down, but like, no, I would you seem to. like a guy who likes to do cool shit. So yeah,
0: I would love to do cool shit. If we, we want to get together. This is actually a really, really good segue. Um, into talking about Dead Batteries, because we mentioned, I think we might have mentioned it at the beginning, that this was your band. Yeah. But why don't we actually talk about it now? Uh,
1: okay. What the fuck is this shit? <laughs> <laughs> Dead Batteries, we're a three-piece, uh, like, punk slash hardcore band, and... It's a good
0: name. Thanks. We have... We it's have... so fucking hard to get good band names now. Like, everything's... See- like there is taken... a really good band name. Thanks. I just, I just kind of hit my head, I was look, thinking about it, I was like, Yeah name thanks I'm, I'm, glad, <laughs> I'm glad you like it because we had we
1: had some like buyer's remorse after we stuck with the name we're like really is it cool is it not cool yeah i mean I, well here's the thing fred the bass player and i like the bass player and i used to be in this band called incommunicado and we were we, we were we did okay in that band like we got we put out a record on on af records and we uh we toured a lot and stuff and we had like some fans, like, we weren't, like, a big band or anything, but I can tell you that we would have been a way more successful band if our name wasn't Incommunicado, because nobody could spell it right. Yeah. It never showed up right on flyers. People called us incognito all the time. Sure, sure. So, so, that was definitely one of the things we were like, okay, like, when we have a band name, it's got to be something that people can say and spell and... Everything like that. You know,
0: I had that realization recently as well with um, my project, which is my rapper name since I was in high school has been Sykes. Mm-hmm. It's S I K E S. Instead of P S Y C H. I've never gotten that, but I have gotten like S Y K uh, E S. S Y K E Z. Uh, like people think that, like, since I'm a rapper, I'm also like real witty with my spelling. Lil Sykes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fuck the other idea Lil Sykes That's what I'm, that's <laughs> so I'm Releasing the album under Dead batteries music video Directed by Lil Sykes Lil <laughs> <Will> Sykes <laughs> yeah. um, Okay, so back to the band Three piece yeah, Punk, three piece. hardcore uh, yeah. uh,
1: Fred, our bass player Writes most of the stuff And he's real into Time signature changes And stuff It's, you know Pittsburgh is kind of Pittsburgh Rock, you know, you think about, like, the Creed of Borgias and Hero Destroyed and, and, like, all these bands that just really get off on changing time signatures for some reason. Uh I don't know why. It only seems to happen in Pittsburgh, but yeah, so we're a punk band that does the same thing. Sure. (laughs) And, like, I don't know, I think it's fun and people people like it, but, like, we're not, like, incredibly active just yet. Um, Because Fred just had a baby. We had a Replace our drummer and stuff. When
0: did this come out?
1: It came out in July of 2014. Okay. No, 2013. 2013. Yeah. And then shortly after that, Fred had a baby. And then shortly after that, we had to replace our drummer. So it's It's life. Yeah. Life has happened. But I understand. But now we're ready to go again. You know, it's really funny. (laughs) Uh,
0: Before that album that you have there, uh, the full length that I put out, I tried to do like a weird hip-hop rock fusion thing with, like, weird time signatures and stuff that went all... Like, the album was nuts. I actually hired Travis Orban to play drums for the album. He plays drums for Darkest Hour now.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, And it was, like, a really weird experience. And at the end of it, I ended up with something that I just didn't even want to listen to. Oh, no. Like, I spent, like, two years... I spent, like... It was definitely something that I thought way too much about. Like, have you ever, like, analyzed something creatively to the point that it just becomes nothing. Yeah. It's like if you're making dinner and you're like, it needs more salt. It needs more salt. It needs more salt. And then like...
1: Then it just tastes like salt. Then summer. it just tastes
0: like fucking salt. That's what that album... Yeah. and That album has kept on putting too much fucking salt into it.
1: Yeah. I could see how that could happen.
0: And I think that part of it was like, I don't know. I was like, really had this thing like, it's like, I do rap, but I listen to all this other shit and I want people to like, hear what I listen to and I tried to cram too much...
1: Oh, into one yeah. thing, you I mean, know. I like, could see how that it could was happen. just it was too much. And well, some people are good at. You mentioned Pos earlier. That guy's real good at being just. He's a rapper, but he's also like, oh, by the way, I love the Bouncing Souls. I'm gonna throw a Bouncing Souls chorus in the middle of one of my rap songs. Yeah, you know? and you're like,
0: fuck, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean. But, but he still like stays the course of. Yeah, Pos his set. is
0: probably was the one dude that at the top of the list for me as far as like how I would like to be perceived and understood okay. as a hip hop artist. Like yeah. I don't want to do the music that he does, but I feel like the the people that listen to his music have an understanding of why he's doing it and I would love to have that same understanding. If people could hear what I'm doing and be like, "Oh, I get it." But it doesn't seem like it's uh, contrived or yeah, ungenuine, you know. Yeah. So that's what i have been Yeah, he's great. Really Getting to I, I respect the dude. i have actually I've played with him a couple times. Oh no shit. Yeah. Is he a cool person? He, yeah. He yeah. seems like he, I mean he seems like somebody you could just walk. Yeah, up Yeah. He's to. a really cool dude. But at the end of the day, you know, you have to understand that it's like he's not gonna watch your set. You know, he's well. Yeah. He might catch a song or two, but it's like he's on tour. He's probably like trying to figure out. He probably just got off the bus or whatever. Uh, you know, an hour or two ago, hasn't eaten anything. He's probably trying to find food, just chill out, like maybe communicate with his family or what. You know. Just, yeah. You've been on the road, you understand how it
1: is. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny, I feel like when I was younger, I would get, like, really bummed, like, because I would, I would get so excited if my band got to play with, like, one of my favorite bands. Oh, yeah, and, and, and then, it's and bullshit, then you, and, and then it doesn't matter. And then you realize, like, okay, well, it does matter because you get to play in front of that oh sure. people, but, but then, like, you're like, oh, shit, the guys from No Use for a Name didn't watch my band, and it's like, well, yeah. They're at shows every fucking day of their yeah. lives. Yeah. They go to shows constantly. They don't want to watch bands. They don't want to watch local bands. They don't want to watch any yeah. bands. You know, like, the, the more that they can stay out of the noise, it's probably better. But it took me a long time to swallow that because, like, all I
0: wanted was to be like, hey, heroes of mine, watch what I can do. I think and you the- just need to kind of, like, like, walk a few footsteps in their shoes. Yeah. you know and then you get it you know once you've done it and you start catching yourself like if you're on the road you're not watching the local bands and stuff and then something will hit like oh it makes sense yeah yeah that's cause, why cause, those guys weren't watching my band in pittsburgh yeah. because they were doing what i'm doing now Yeah. Just yeah you realize trying you to like, get away from everything been on the
1: road for two fucking weeks and you've been in a punk show in a small smoky place tired of hearing a punk every single day for two weeks and you're like Oh God, I don't I don't even want to I don't even want to hear my own band tonight. You yeah, know? you know,
0: I saw when I was in high school, I was at some show seeing some band, I wanna say it was eighteen visions. I think it was an eighteen vision show. But I remember I was at the merch table and somebody was talking to one of the dudes from the band who was at the merch table and was like, Hey, have you heard like this album? This album is like talking about new ish like hardcore music that was out and the dude was just like, Look, like I really don't even listen to any of this stuff And I remember I was like, Huh? And the kid was also like, What? He's like, look, like I listen to like jazz and stuff because I hear this stuff all the time, and I'm yeah. tired of it. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. And then, you know, I digested it, and I was like, that makes sense to me. Yeah. I get
1: it. I remember reading an interview with Fat Mike from No Effects, and the the interviewer was asking him what he listens to, and I'm thinking, well, he owns Fat Records, he's been in No Effects his whole life. He talks about how much he loves Bad Religion. Like this dude must be a straight up punk rocker. And it was when Madonna's Ray of Light had come out. <laughs> And Foo Fighters' uh, Nothing Less to Lose
0: yeah,
1: had just come out. And he was like, yeah, those are the two albums I listen to all the time, is Madonna and Foo Fighters. And I'm like, what? What? Fat Mike, you've betrayed me. You know? <laughs> but, like, yeah, it totally fucking makes sense that he's, yeah. not, that he's not just going to keep listening. Because, like, all the bands on his label sound like his band. I'm sure he's, like, not
0: going to fucking just... And I wonder, too, like, how much of that also if any of it caters to what I said earlier about like not completely immersing yourself in the art that you want to create that other people were doing. Sure. You know, yes. like, maybe it's just a nice break. Maybe it's really hard to write a new no effects album. If you know, you're filling your head with well, yeah, punk shit all the time. Right. Yeah. Right. It's <laughs> like, Oh, this sounds like this. This sounds like that. And like, you're always second guessing yourself. Like every song kind of sounds like another song. If you dig deep enough, you're going to find something. Sure. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. It's impossible for anything to be truly 100% original. Yeah.
1: Unless you literally made a new instrument that played notes that other instruments don't play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But I mean, I guess you could kind of like tune a guitar slightly sharp or slightly <laughs> flat. So it's not really in this key. It's like this key plus a little bit, but not quite. The guitar sharp. player,
0: the guitar player that I'm working with now on the new album that we're getting ready to put out, um, has just like a mountain pedals and like, we've pretty much strive to make his guitar not sound like a guitar. And, uh, it sounds like a really fucked up synthesizer. It's cool. Yeah. Cause like I was like, that's the other thing was like, I'm doing this rap album and I have a band. That's like a rock band, but I do not want to make a rap rock album at all. Yeah, because that's what kind of that album that you have there. That kind of happened on that. That has oh, really? like a little bit of like... so so like a little bit. It in some aspects it leans towards like a rap rock feel. It, even if it is rap rock, I mean you can still have good rap rock. I mean, I feel yeah. It sounds like it's just like, it's really bad, is, poorly stigmatized. It, yeah, sure. And it's like I still can't wrap my head around the thing of like the white rapper being a stigma. It's like there's been white rappers since the beastie boys we've, we've been doing this for 30 years why are people still acting like it's like a a real crazy idea for a white person to be rapping yeah it's... and i guess we're not the appropriate people to talk about it but i don't feel like i'm infringing on anybody's culture by doing something that
1: yeah i'm <laughs> but i but i feel weird every time i see a black hockey player don't you <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, I mean,
1: it's. it's I guess it, it's just not the norm. I mean, it,
0: it's. I don't think there's like. You're not uh, mad about it, but it is. It, I guess it still triggers something. Yeah, you're just like,
1: oh shit. <laughs> there's a black guy playing hockey. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh shit. There's a white guy rapping. You know, I, I don't think there's anything bad about it, but I. Yeah,
0: I think it was a lot weirder for me in high school when I rapped because I was just. It started as a joke, with my friends, and I was super goth in high school, like. Super goth, like, like <laughs> eyeliner, everything. That was just my shit. I was like really into like cradle of filth and crazy black metal and stuff. sounds great. Stuff, but then like I started rapping. And the first time I ever performed was actually at our high school talent show. Me and my other goth friend, we staged a fake rap battle. Oh, cool! For the talent show, that's And cool. nobody knew about it, and because like, we were like rapping, but when we were like outside of school, we weren't. Nobody in the school had any idea that we were doing it, so it was awesome. And somebody has a fucking VHS tape of that somewhere, and I want it so oh, bad. That's so funny. But like, like I don't oh. talk to anybody from high school anymore, and nobody will talk to me. Oh no! Did you get into a fight with your old high school? Bad oh, blood. blood. Is it your fault or is it all their fault? It's it, it's it's it's, <laughs> a, it's a a girl that was in the middle. Oh yeah. But you figure that shit would be water under the bridge by now. Yeah. I I tried to I've tried to connect with them, but actually I wrote a song about it it's on the new album. About, like, how, how upset I am at how, like, petty some people are if yeah. they don't grow up. that's a bummer. I, I'm still, like... Like, the... I mean, but at the same time, it's like, I don't care. this not that VHS tape. I actually really don't even <laughs> care how you're doing. It's not that fucking video. Well... But you know, it's probably... It's gone. That's, that's in the trash somewhere. Yeah.
1: I thought that the, uh... My trip to meet Blink-182 was gone, but it turns out my sister kept... VHS. Tapes That's and good all
0: that you still have it, or somebody. Somebody who, has it, yeah. yeah.
1: Like I haven't watched it since it happened. but... Oh really? Yeah, it's there. Like somebody in my family owns it. Do you ever feel the need to watch it, or are you? Just- no, because <laughs> uh, I know like the segment where I actually flew to meet Blink One Eighty Two surfaced on YouTube, and a friend of mine from back home posted it on Facebook, and which is all well and good, but. I'm wearing Jenkos. You know? Oh, sick! You know, like, I'm wearing Jenkos and I got all my Atari's gear on and I'm, like, super geeked out and it's, it's, you know, it's kind of embarrassing, which is fine because, like, anybody that I have known my whole life has already seen it before and they thought it was cool that it was, like, resurfaced on YouTube. But, uh, the, uh, remember that, that band Cobra Skulls? They put out a couple things on fat. And, uh, Cobra Skulls in Nothington. Two of my like all-time favorite like punk bands, like underground punk bands. They had just played at Garfield Artworks, and they were staying at my house. And the singer for the Cobra Skulls, Devin, he's an old buddy of mine, and he's my friend on Facebook. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, okay. So now all these, all like these these guys that I look up to are crashing at my house, and Devin opens his Facebook page to see. The video of me and Jenko's being geeked out by meeting Blink-182, and all the all the Cobra Skulls, all of Nothington, they're all there, and they all watched it in front of me. And it was
0: just, just embarrassing? It was just horrifying. <laughs> I was like, oh my god! Oh my god! Like, shit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, what the fuck? Like,
0: what do they want? You know, no, no, they,
1: they, thought they, it, they thought
0: it was great. I'm sure it was true.
1: They thought it know. was great. They thought it was hilarious, you know? And, like, I don't know, but, bad. those old tapes, they'll, they'll come back. I, I'm sure even shit I'm doing now is going to come back to haunt me. And,
0: yeah, I, and have, I have a lot of old home video, like, on Hi-8 tapes, and some of it has been transferred to VHS. Actually, I, like, comped a bunch of it together and made a video for someone that, actually, the Barf Simpson Music video. Oh, cool! Is actually. Do you, um, uh, do you have a YouTube page? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'll check it's it all out. it's all comped uh, footage from like my camcorder in high school because we were basically just like we're fifteen. I have a video camera. Jackass is a new thing. Yeah right. Oh my god. So, Everybody <laughs> who had a camera would, yeah. would fucking jackass. So you know? like yeah, the video is just like that's just like us doing stupid shit. You dude, know. You
1: know, what's funny is before Jackass came out, like I was such a prankster. And I never videotaped any of it, and then I saw, like, I remember seeing CKY2K, and I was like, oh, shit, we should have been videotaping this, <laughs> all this shit the whole time. Yeah, like, We used to do really fucked up things. I remember, like, we... But uh, you know what? It's more genuine, because
0: you were doing it for, even to get it on video, you were just doing it to do just it. Just to fuck with people, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Dude, this is this is the grossest story ever, and uh, <laughs> I'm going to tell it, because okay. this is a perfect example of, of, of how we missed the boat. Um, my friend Chris, uh, he was the singer for Incommunicado, which is one of my old bands. He was, he moved to Pittsburgh before I did. So once I moved to Pittsburgh, I always hung out at his house and my college roommate, Jeff and I went over to Chris's apartment and we were just hanging out, watching horror movies. We did it like every weekend. We'd go, remember Incredibly Strange Video? Yeah. Yeah. We would just rent videos from there, drink beer and watch it. And and there was these like frat guys that lived upstairs. They were cool guys. I'm not like... I'm not implying anything about frat guys or anything. But, but it paints a picture. But it paints a picture, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. They were having a party and they they were real cool. They came downstairs and they're like, "Hey, what are you guys doing? Just sitting here watching movies? Come on up, we're having a party." And we knew that it was a couple frat guys throwing a party. So we knew that it was not exactly like our crowd. Yeah. Uh and so we were like, "Well, we should play a prank on all the <laughs> all the fucking frat guys and shit." And My roommate, Jeff, was like, I got an idea. (laughs) Let's paint my dick black. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And he takes, like, some acrylic paint and he goes in the bathroom and he...
0: Like, like, black. Like, black.
1: Okay. And And he was, like, in the bathroom for a while, just letting it dry. And he, like, zips up. He's like, all right, let's go upstairs. And we're like okay <laughs> and he's just like keeps itching his crotch until some girl's like why do you keep playing with yourself he's like don't make fun of me i have and he made up some disease name <laughs> and then of course he pulls out this black dick which was painted with acrylic paint and it had now cracked so because, it probably looked real oh my wacky. god it was the most fucked up thing <laughs> ever we got we immediately got kicked out of the party <laughs> And and like all the girls that were there were like, oh my god, what's wrong with his dick? Like, but not to mention the fact that he whipped his dick out in front of a bunch of people that he never met before in his life. Yeah. But but it was you know the three of us were we couldn't stop laughing until the fucking next morning. Like we were just like, oh my god, that was awesome. Yeah. And like, what if we would have had a camcorder? Oh yeah, dude. That would have been that would have been. Yeah. hilarious. We could have shown that to the world, you know? Or, yes. You know, however, many people Jeff didn't mind seeing his dick. But, <laughs> but, like, that's just the, the type of dudes we were. And then it turns out, like, oh, fuck, there's these other guys that are also crazy and do crazy shit, and they just videotaped it, and now they're, like, rich people because of it. Yeah. You know? If only we had had the foresight to. Yeah,
0: well, you can't show a dick on MTV, so. <laughs> I don't think it would have would have worked out. Yeah, but that's definitely. It could have all it could have all came around. You'd be like, oh, that's the guy in that too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. You already hadn't in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you could have used the the phone number that you creepily got <laughs> of Mark and called him and had him do the theme song for the show. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh man. Well, um, wrapping up because we've been I think we've we've done pretty good here. Uh. I don't know, I, I, l- last questions are always kind of weird I don't really know what to ask or say But you seem like you're pretty well adjusted And you're happy where you're at and yeah. You just kind of keep doing what you're doing
1: Yeah, I'm I'm happy dude If I can break even from this year's calendar comp Yeah, I if, will, you
0: wanna, if you uh, want to plug anything Now would be a good time
1: The calendar comp If you want it, calendarcomp.com uh, Oh, that's
0: simple Was It wasn't even Pittsburgh calendar comp No
1: cause, cause Is my- there other
0: cities that do this?
1: Not yet, but oh, is that your plan? That's 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 why I like. Made oh, it you're thinking ahead, you
0: sly fuck.
1: Yeah, but <laughs> it, but it's really hard to break even because vinyl pressing is expensive and calendar printing is expensive. So, also the uh, one thing, the one project that we didn't talk about is I'm in a me first in the gimme Gimmes cover band. Okay, <laughs> called fuck. called the Gimme Five. Yeah, and we you know, Joey mentioned. That. <laughs> yeah, and. uh... And let's see, by the, the, on April 21st, I'm pretty sure it's at the Smiling Moose, we're going to be playing with Down By Law. So, uh, the Gimme Five? Yeah. Sick. The Gimme Five. And people think it's crazy, you know, me first in the Gimme Gimme's tribute band, because they're already a cover band, but (laughs) (laughs) it's super fun, everybody parties, everybody knows all the songs, we drink our faces off, we have a really great time, uh, and, uh, when we were at Riot Fest in Chicago, our drummer, the Gimme Five drummer Stevie, he's Anti Flag's drum tech, and Anti Flag was playing the same day that me first and the Gimme Gimmes were playing. So he got me backstage, and he was like, "Dude, we gotta go fucking meet these guys because the Gimme's drummer Dave has been had been liking our Facebook posts and shit." And we we're like, "That's fucking weird, right?" Yeah. We walk up to Dave. And he was just like, oh, you're the guys from Pittsburgh. Fuck yeah. And then, like, he introduced us to the rest of the band. We, like, the me and the Gimme Gimme guys think it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And, they, and, and Joey Cape just gave us total approval and stuff. And I got, <laughs> I got a picture of me and Joey Cape. And he was just... he was. They were like... they That's think cool. They think it's hilarious. And they <laughs> think it's
0: super funny. It's good that they get the joke. Yeah. Yeah. And uh,
1: so... So it, it feels good to like actually have the blessing of the band we're tributing, you know? Yeah, yeah, because they just think it's funny, you know. Totally, it's not like we're gonna take it on the road, or, you know, like or put out albums of <laughs> covers of covers. Yeah, you but know? it exists, and it's <laughs> it, it exists, and they, and they think it's funny, uh, and yeah. they uh, Fat Mike just he was like, you guys better have a really good singer if you want to do spike any justice and and that's uh Scotty from Thundervest is our singer. He's an awesome singer. And we were like, Oh yeah, we have a great singer. He's like, well cool then. Yeah. <laughs>
0: like Okay. Yeah well, you know, awesome. Alright so. man, well shit. This <laughs> has been a really good conversation. Yeah man. Thanks it's nice nice for coming in. Yeah, it was awesome to meet you. <laughs> good guy. I feel like Gonna need to be in touch. Yeah, we'll be in touch. Make things happen yeah. in the future. Yeah, let's make a Dead Batteries music video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's start that country band. Yeah.
1: Mud something. The Mud Flaps. Mud Flaps. Oh. Or Mud Country. No. Oh, right, okay. Mud Country is good, but I was thinking the the Kentucky Mud Flaps. You know? Or something like uh, the, the Tennessee Mud Flaps. We're not even from Tennessee,
0: but. You know, I don't feel like but how many of... people could spell Tennessee? That's gonna go back to our thing about uh, people will not Texas. Know how to Texas look. mud flaps. Texas mud flaps, alright. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Alright, cool. S- slide on next to me and my jacked up pickup truck. Texas mud flaps. <laughs> <laughs> go to jack of my truck on the fourth of July. Gonna drink some beer out of a red cup. <laughs> slide on in, turn up the radio. Listen to Blake Shelton. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. But dude, the Texas mudflaps. Dude, that's what we're going to do. We're going to make millions of dollars off the Texas mudflaps. And then all these like, fucking weird little projects we got going on, we just can pay for it. It doesn't even matter if they succeed or make the money back because yeah. we'll be so rich off of the
0: fucking Texas mudflaps, dude. That's a really good idea. Yep. All right. (laughs) All right, dude. Thanks for doing it, man. All right. This has been awesome. And that is all, folks. Thanks so much for sticking around. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. Ryan is a really, really cool dude. Awesome talking to him. Awesome getting to meet him. Look forward to seeing that guy again in the near future. As always, I will be back next week with another episode. Same time. Same place, same channel, you get the drill. I am Sykes, start the beat 2015. Woo! Woo! Thanks for listening. Now I'm gonna go play this show rock and roll, heavy metal, headbanging. Yeah, motherfucker. Peace!